Good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. So glad you've joined us today on this beautiful Tuesday, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Farther along in the week than I thought I was, and that's fantastic. Means the weekend is that much closer. Thank you for joining us. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host today, uh, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And you know, this show wouldn't be complete without my wonderful co-host, the one and only Rick Stevens, who is the founder and editor in chief here at Rocket Sports Media. Rick, how are you today? I'm terrific. How are you doing today? I'm terrific because I'm drinking coffee in the late afternoon, which is something I don't ever do. What's the occasion? Um, uh, it's podcast day, and I was a little sluggish today. So my, my single cup of java that I had this morning apparently wasn't cutting it. So it's not the coffee's not not to go along with the with National Raspberries and Cream Day today. Ew. Like like raspberries and cream. Just pour some raspberries in a bowl and put some cream on top pour of them. Pour some cream was... on it, yeah, yeah. Right out of the garden, you know. Okay. Sp- I think that speaking of good. gardens. Speaking of gardens. Yeah. I, I, you know, gardening. I, I, I don't mind gardening, uh, but I'm annoyed by g- gardeners who grow zucchini. And then, <laughs> no, I am. How it's would we make piece. all the bread, Rick? <laughs> I'm annoyed by gardeners who um, grow zucchini and then they have no use for it. Who does? Uh, and they try to pawn it off on on everybody. You know, bring it into the office, bring it into, pass it out to neighbors. I um, like zucchini. Yeah, the zucchini. Try my carrot loaf made with zucchini. Try my lasagna made with zucchini. <laughs> it tastes just like real lasagna. How about making real lasagna? No, I've made it with zucchini. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I don't like those. I do like zucchini bread. Um, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly perfectly serviceable quick bread um but i do like roasting zucchini um with like tomatoes and peppers and onions and stuff like that either roasting it or or grilling zucchini has no taste yeah you got to put something else on it it just, well, that's just there's nothing to it that's just it so have something that has taste Yeah, no, like, the the thing is that okay, because everybody asks, okay, what's a national day? And and you know the listener, they've gotten quite used to to hearing us um, say, I checked in, and and uh, as I said, today was National Raspberries and Cream Day, but I happened to take a peek at tomorrow, and tomorrow okay. is now get this, and I'm going to read it exactly as it appears on the National Day calendar. National Sneak Some Zucchini Into Your Neighbor's Porch Day. National, I'll say that again, Sneak Some Zucchini Into Your Neighbor's Porch Day. And that recognizes all the gardeners who are trying to get rid of the zucchini. So they, in the stealth of the night, go and dump a, I was gonna a, say. a bushel basket on their, their, neighbor, um, on their neighbor's porch. And so that day is celebrated every year on the 8th of August. 
Hmm. When you have so much damn zucchini, you just don't know what to do with it anymore. Well, you, yeah, you want to get rid of it, so you pawn it off on neighbors, as I said. Well, I don't, you know, I don't, I do, I do like when people who garden vegetables and things have an overabundance and, you know, hand out extras. That's always fun. Sure. As long as it's not zucchini. <laughs> Well, I promise we're not going to give you any zucchini today uh, in today's show. And I promise you that this show is nothing like zucchini. It is not bland. It does not taste or sound like every other uh, podcast out there. Look at that segue. Uh, This is a very, very unique podcast, and we are happy to have you here today. Um, It's August. We're We're getting into that late summer vibe in the land of hockey and you can tell that GMs are starting to go off on vacation and players are on vacation everybody's starting to be on vacation so activity hasn't been coming a mile a minute like it was a few weeks ago but we do have some things to talk about today uh most importantly the world junior summer showcase which was uh kind of mid-tournament when we all gathered here Last week, uh, that tournament has now concluded. So we want to first just take a take a good look at at the Habs and Flyers prospects who appeared at the World Junior Summer Showcase and give you kind of a final grade on how on how those eight athletes uh, performed during the week for their respective national teams. Uh, we're going to go around the AHL, and there is a uh, there's a coaching position uh, that's been filled in the uh, in the AHL and um, comes with a familiar name. So we're uh, sorry, not in the AHL going to be in the CHL. Um, We will tell you who that is. It's a familiar name. And then we're going to talk about the ECHL mascot of the year. They the ECHL waits until summertime to do their kind of yearly awards. In fact, a few weeks ago when we talked uh, exclusively on this program with Zach Fucali, uh, we mentioned at the time that one of his saves from the year was in the running for the ECHL save of the year. We recommended that people go along and, uh, vote and it turns out that Zach actually did win that so one of Zach Fucali's goals is the ECHL goal of the year for last season so we're going to tell you who won the ECHL mascot of the year Uh, we're going to do a little more uh, summer showcase wrap up and and kind of give you a sneak peek at who the other prospects from other teams outside the Canadians and the Flyers uh, who really stood out for us and, and who are, who are the guys that both at the world junior championship later on this year, and just in general around the league, these are the guys whose names you're going to want to remember because they obviously left their mark uh, on the ice this past week in Plymouth, Michigan. Uh, and then before we wrap up for the day, we're just going to tell you about uh, some things coming up ahead for coverage at rocket sports media. So, Rick, it may be August 7th, but there is plenty of hockey to talk about. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's start with the Canadians and the Flyers. As we mentioned, the, the summer showcase did just end uh, last week. Now, let me – I should preface this because um, I saw some people – 
there was some um, little bit of back and forth towards the end of the week. Um, people on Twitter, people have asked us, I saw people just making statements in general on social media, like, well, what is the purpose of the world junior summer showcase? Like what, why would, why would anyone, why would these young athletes want to participate? Doesn't this take its toll on them? It's just one more thing they have to train for over the summer. It's like hockey's never ending. I don't, I think this is too much on young players. I saw all sorts of that kind of stuff. So um, I had actually put a put a couple of tweets out just explaining why this is an important tournament. This isn't just – and I guess, Rick, part of it, I, I used to like when USA Hockey referred to this as the National Junior Evaluation Camp because that better describes what this event is. The World Junior Summer Showcase has a zingy kind of sound to it. But that showcase part of it makes it sound like this is kind of just all exhibition just for the fun of it, maybe. Um, and maybe that's confusing uh, to some fans, when in fact it really is a very important evaluation camp. Um, not only evaluating the first chance for national teams to begin evaluating the prospects for the December for their December's World Junior Championship rosters, uh, it gives them a chance to experiment with line combinations, you know, see who fits where, but also NHL teams and you name it, their, their coaches, their GMs, their scouts, this is their chance to look at their recent draftees from Vancouver from two months ago, and also to start, you know, continue scouting for the 2020 draft before all these athletes head off to, you know, their NHL camps or juniors or the NCAA, things like that. So it's kind of like, would, would you describe it as kind of the, all the top talent uh, for these four nations kind of in one place for a week, which is sounds like it's kind of valuable. <laughs> uh, it's very valuable. And, and certainly um, with respect to scouting, uh, all of the players uh, have been, have been scouted. Many of them, as you mm-hmm. said, are, are just recently drafted um, in, uh, in June uh, some of them are, are uh, draft eligible for next year's draft, uh, but but most of the I, I mean all of the players that are there have been well scouted. So so what's the point? Well, the point is that uh, these players are coming from um, all over. They've they've played um, uh, across the CHL, the, you know whether it's uh, the Q's, the OHL, WHL. They've played um, uh, NCAA hockey. They've played in Europe. Uh, and this is the only chance uh, when they they put their uh, jerseys uh, on for their respective countries that that um, scouts and and uh, GMs and and coaches and are able to see these players go head to head. because otherwise it 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 doesn't happen. And and as you said, it's it's an evaluate it's uh their talents are showcased and they're evaluated so put the the two names together and and there you uh, go. And have kind of what it is um they're evaluated and and um you know it's it's not a simple matter of saying okay we're going to uh put our world junior team together um with with the 21 players uh, uh the the US brought um 45 players Canada brought 36 players thereabouts um, so, you know, some of these players uh, were there to prove themselves. Were prove that they were there to, to prove that they belong on 
their respected respective world junior teams. Uh, they were fighting for a spot. Um, and as you said, it also uh, gives the coaching staff, um, you know, a, a chance to see um, how the chemistry works, uh, you know, special teams, all those kinds of, of things. It's a very important uh, tournament. You ask the players, uh, they're all happy to be there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, um, the NHL teams send all their uh, folks. They're all uh, happy to get a look at these, uh, these, these players. It sounds like the only ones that are doing the grumbling are, are any media that uh, don't want to go and cover it uh, and, and break up their, their summer. But um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's good hockey. It's fun hockey. Um, it's uh, a little different than uh, I'm, I'm, it's fair to say it's, it's, uh, it's different than you'll see at the world juniors. It's mm-hmm. uh, very offensive loaded uh, hockey and, uh, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, it's, it's uh play, it's uh, the, the coaches who are working out the kinks and the players uh, just embracing the chance to, to, um, grab a spot on the team. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned, do the players love being there? Of course they do. I mean, this is their shot. They know that this is their shot to, to begin to make an impression on the coaches and management for their national team to possibly then put that uh, national crest on again in December to play in the world junior championships. And, 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 what player would not want to do that? And, and we've, we've spoken to a lot of players both at this tournament and then come time for rookie camp in the fall and, and so forth. We've talked to, the, you know, Ryan Paling, Yoni Ikenen, um, Rasmus Dahlin. We've talked to Jacob Della Rose years ago, uh, Thatcher Demko. Time and again, you know, and this is kind of in response to the, is this asking too much of them to keep playing like this all summer? The, the response has always been positive, not that it was ever a detriment. And a lot of them have said directly, hey, you know, getting into game mode and that competitive mode uh, early on in, in late July, early August kind of really helped me get focused to finish my summer training and get ready for the competitive, competitiveness of fall camps. So if you look at it that way, that it's giving them a leg up when, for when they get to rookie camp and training camp, then then it really is an asset. So, and there was one group that I forgot um, or or left till now, and that's the fans. If you like the, well, yeah. the fans, I mean, unless you're traipsing around like we do to to all the different tournaments and the, and the Frozen Four and the um, uh, All American Prospects and and some of the Junior Games and, and Memorial Cup and following all of this carefully, you may not have seen um, uh, Joel Farabee. You may not have seen Cole Caulfield. You may not have seen Kirby Doc. And and here's a chance where you get to see all these players. Uh, and as I said, uh, going head to head and and um, um, it's 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 exciting for the fans and and certainly. We saw that um, particularly once the, um, uh, the the networks picked it up, TSN picked it up uh, midway through right. the tournament, um, and um, and uh, the fans started getting a chance to 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 see their uh, their own prospects, the 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 players that were drafted, um, and, uh, and and a lot of chatter on Twitter um, uh, about about the tournament 
for sure. So I, sh- I guess I shall say I digress. Uh, just wanted to give for those for those listeners who maybe aren't familiar with the event, aren't familiar with the tournament, or just you know, hadn't heard of it before or just didn't really understand what the real purpose was. We just wanted to, you know, that's also part of our job here at the AAHL report is to um, give some insight and, and education on the hockey outside of the NHL and, and the different things that go on. Um, And this is one of those things that's just very important. We didn't, didn't want any, you know, misinformation out there about, about um, this particular tournament. So, Focusing now on the Canadians and Flyers prospects, I guess, uh, Rick, let's let's start with the Canadians prospects. Um, there were three, uh, uh, sorry, uh, four in this tournament for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, on Team Canada, there was forward Alan McShane. And then for Team USA, you had Jordan Harris, a defenseman. Uh, forward Cole Caulfield, the first uh, first round selection this year, and 15th overall. And then on Team Sweden, you had Jacob Olafson, um, forward there as well, who was a 2018 second round draft pick. Um, I'm sure everyone by now has seen the highlight reels of of Cole Caulfield, uh, and yes, he did have some highlight reel goals that looked pretty sweet. <laughs> Um, but there were other three uh, three other um, Habs prospects who were there. Uh, Rick, what was your Cole Caulfield did well. There were he was among a pretty good sized group of prospects um, who were noticeable and who had a lot of buzz. Um, but overall, just how how did you feel that the the four Habs prospects performed? Um, Alan McShane uh, for Canada played kind of down the lineup, and and um, as as with with um, um, all of the uh, with, with many of the prospects, wasn't in every game. Was sometimes a healthy scratch, sometimes the extra forward. Um, I think it's fair to say that that he's one of those bubble players, um, and um, he had uh, some some shifts that that he looked good. Um, um, decision-making his, his passing is, uh, is, is outstanding. Uh, and, uh, whether, whether he'll be, uh, in the Czech Republic for the world junior championships playing with, with a Canadian sweater on, that's yet to be seen. Um, I don't think, uh, he did anything, you know, either way to, to, to make his case or hurt his case. Um, and, 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 uh, let's uh, let's also say that that this isn't the only opportunity uh the the uh team canada um well for each for each of the the uh, national teams will be keeping an eye on these players uh as they start their respective uh seasons and uh and the the final decisions will be made um uh, you know as it gets closer to uh december um Jordan Harris um, uh, played for the U.S. Uh, uh, defenseman. Again, he he had some um, plays where he looked really good, um, and he moves the puck well. Uh, kind of an average shot. Um, uh, I I suspect that you're going to see 
Jordan Harris um, on the U.S. team. That said, um, it it might take a, an injury or 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 something to get him there because uh, there's there's a, a real good core of blue liners uh, that are eligible, um, and we saw them uh, for the U.S. Uh, Jakob Olofsson, um, great two-way center, um, and he had the um, uh, enviable task of playing between uh, two draft-eligible stars of Team Sweden in Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz. They'll be top 10, um, expected to be top 10 at next year's draft in Montreal. Uh, And um, Olofsson was kind of the defensive conscience of the line. He, he <laughs> made sure that that when they were doing their magic up front, that uh, he was the responsible one. Um, but ha- and, he, was he? He was the one that had the uh, really nice OT winner. He did. Uh, controversial, but uh, a tremendous move. Um, on uh, that was against USA Blue, yeah. I believe. Um, I think. So. Yeah, uh, what a move and the OT, uh, the OT winner. Um, so showing that uh, he has an offensive side to, to his game as well. A lot of skill there to go with uh, being a, a complete two-way player. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to Cole Caulfield. And of course, all of the attention was focused on him. And, and there were some over-the-top kind of things said about uh, <laughs> Cole Caulfield on social media. <laughs> And I mean, you know, the the goals he scores are highlight real goals. They um, are. He, he has a he, nice shot. Yeah, he. Um, th- this I should say this tournament was was a, a special teams uh, featured tournament. Uh, you know, Canada and the U.S. just uh, and Finland for that matter, uh, but Canada and U- U.S. their power play was. Uh, up around 30%. I think that that's a, the reason why Sweden uh, kind of struggled to score goals because their power play was, was terrible. Um, but uh, with, with the U S um, uh, feasting uh, on the power play and uh, there was Cole Caulfield. And I think three of his five points in the tournament came from the power play. And mm-hmm. um, um, so uh, his goals were were uh, highlight reel. Um, uh, if if you watched, uh, other than the highlights, if you paid attention to uh, his shifts, um, you know when when he didn't have the puck, uh, it's clear that he has a lot to work on uh, at mm-hmm. Wisconsin this year. Um, not so great uh, when he doesn't have the puck, um, and kind of a when he does have the puck, um, he is he's he's got one. Uh, very lethal um, tool in his, his belt, and he's a sniper. Um, is he a playmaker? No, not yet, and he'll have to work on that. Uh, does he need to work on his defensive play? Absolutely. Um, so there's there's lots for him to to work on uh, under Tony Granato, and and um, and that should happen. And and I know that that uh some fans see him as the the instant uh panacea to the Canadians power play well that uh that won't happen um no. I, I i would be absolutely shocked to see him at Canadians training camp this fall uh he's he's much better served uh and no he's not as nhl ready as Jesper Kotkaniemi was last season um, that's correct so 
um, he'll he'll uh, he'll make that next step from the national development team to uh, NCAA hockey, um, and and um, he'll work on those those uh, things that um, you know are a bit of a, a Achilles heel right now. Skating is is also uh, an issue, and and um, and and he'll be even better when uh, uh, he goes through that development process. For sure. And and for those who – and I, I totally agree with you. Cole Caulfield is a player who is going to do great things. Uh, he needs he needs this year uh, playing NCAA. Um, and for those who want to say, oh, but, you know, just Barry Kotkaniemi, keep in mind Kotkaniemi was playing against guys much older than him, much more experienced than him already. Uh, over in Europe, um, he had the experience playing a a much faster, more highly competitive game uh, when he came into Canadians training camp last year. Cole Caulfield has not had that yet. Couple that with Cole Caulfield's size, he needs, in addition to all of the components that that Rick talked about of of aspects of his game that he needs to do some fine tuning on. Um, he also needs to spend at least the season in kind of that next level up in terms of opponents who are bigger than him, faster than him, more experienced than him. Because right now he's been playing against his peers. Um, so particularly given his size, he he needs some time playing uh, in a bit of a, you know, an older, grittier kind of, kind of game and the NCAA will help him do that. Um, Rick mentioned he does have some things to work on. He also has things that, that look great, uh, particularly on the highlight reel. Um, you know, when he doesn't have the puck, you can see, you can see that the, the, the hockey IQ is there. He gets himself into position. Well, he, he, he moves around a lot. Um, it's just the execution that, that, just needs some work um, and, and rushing him into, into an NHL position. I think um, Kakinemi was able to adapt and, and that ended up working out. I, I don't, I, I absolutely agree that, that Cole Caulfield needs at least a season in the NCAA. And, and let's just add that Kakinemi's game was much more complete. Um, uh, yeah. Cole Caulfield enjoys scoring goals. And mm-hmm. he's very, very good at it. Yes, he's he is. not as engaged doing all the other things. And, um, you know, uh, he'll need to do that at, uh, at the pro level. He'll need to be uh, engaged in, in, in all areas of the ice. And, and uh, that's, that's, that's the lesson that he'll, he'll have to learn uh, over the next year or so. For sure. Uh, but exciting stuff. And as you say, you know, Habs fans on Twitter were all a Twitter about Cole Caulfield. Uh, you know, if there's one thing Habs fans are very good at, it's when they when they get a new prospect prospect that they love. Uh, he is instantly put on a pedestal and 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 worshipped around around the city and on social media. And that was certainly the case last week. So uh, some exciting things coming for Cole Caulfield, to be sure. Um, south of the Canadian border, however, Philadelphia Flyers also had four of their own prospects at the tournament. Uh, three of them were playing for Team USA. Cam York, who went first round 
14th overall uh, in Vancouver this summer, defenseman Cam York. Uh, Bobby Brink, forward, who uh, went in the second round, 34th overall. And uh, 2018, 14th overall pick, Joel Farabee, uh, also at the forward position. And then for Sweden, Adam Ginning, uh, one of the defensemen for Team Sweden, is also a 2018 draft pick for the Philadelphia Flyers. And, Rick, this was – I thought that all four of these players had a solidly good tournament. Um, Ginning Ginning showed some bright spots. Um, Bobby Brink had some – well, I'm sure you're going to talk about some things that Bobby Brink has to work on, but but he showed some positives as well. But Joel Farabee and and Cam York, uh, hands down, were the two Flyers prospects that that stood out for me. Um, we've we have seen Farabee uh, quite often. We've covered uh, we've covered him before, um, and he really looks like he's ready to compete for a roster spot at Flyers uh, training camp this fall. Like Joel Farabee a lot, um, just um, just intensity, um, um, perseverance. Um, he's he's just always on and um, in, completely engaged every single shift. Mm-hmm. Um, very, he had a a, a great tournament. Um, Bobby Brink, yeah, Bobby Brink is going to be in that with his with his. Uh, uh, hands and his skill, he's going to be in that conversation with Cole Caulfield and and Alex DeBrincat. Uh, but for his his skating, and and that's something he needs to pay some serious attention to and and uh, get the mechanics of of his skating uh, worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he was, uh, you know, he you could see uh, that 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 skill that, uh, that he has that, uh, when some were talking about him being potentially a, um, a first round, uh, pick that's, that's what they saw in Bobby Brink. Um, Adam Gimming and Ginning, I like a lot. Um, yeah. he's a nice, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's got a nice combination of, of, of skill and, um, feistiness, I guess you'd call it. Um, yeah. And um, Cam York, um, you, you can see why there there was a there was an article that came out a week or so ago um, on NBC Sports, and it was titled uh, "Why uh, the Flyers Chose Cam York Over Cole Caulfield." Both were both were mm-hmm. on the board when when uh, they picked just before the Canadians, and why uh, it made so much more sense for them to take Cam York, and you you see. Uh, Cam York, he is uh, confident. He is uh, poised. He is uh, his skating is is terrific. He's going to be a very good uh, de- defenseman um, for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, um, and he 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 had a, a very good tournament as well. He did. Um, Joel Farabee, kind of well, even before the tournament had started, we had said that. Uh, Joel Farabee is is likely to be competitive this fall for for the Flyers. So uh, while I was pleased to see that he's taken that competitive competitiveness uh, up another notch, um, and and his game has really matured, uh, I was I was delighted to see what Cam York was able to do. Um, 
also putting putting on a show of what a what a two way defenseman he is. Um, just dances around with the puck when he has it, uh, and and makes makes some really nice plays, nice dangles and whatnot in close to to a goaltender. Scored a couple of goals, had a beauty goal that he actually took. Uh, point shot from the blue line, nice back feed from Cole Caulfield in the circle. And he just, he just lasered it right into the net. Um, so Cam York is definitely a guy for Flyers fans to get excited about. Um, and I think that they made the, I think that they made the right choice in taking Cam York over Cole Caulfield. I think Cole Caulfield was the right fit for the Canadians to take. Uh, and I know everyone was, Oh my, how could he have fallen to number 15? And, and, and short the, the Canadians are fortunate that Cole Caulfield did fall to 15. Um, they got a great pick at number 15. Uh, and at the same time, I think Cam York was absolutely the right pick for uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. So really excited things, exciting things to watch there for, for sure. And it's going to make, uh, it's going to make training camp for, for the Flyers. Interesting. I think. With that being said, we're going to come back to the World Junior Summer Showcase uh, towards the end of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the rest of the field, I, I guess you could say. Um, some, While these were the prospects uh, who were representing the Canadians and the Flyers uh, as far as their, their prospect pool goes, uh, every other team in the league also had prospects there, and, and some of them stood out even more than the eight that we just talked about. And so we're going to break that down for you a little more in segment three. Uh, but first, Rick, we also we would be remiss as we as we said, you know, it's our job to to shed a little light on on all sorts of hockey outside of the NHL. Uh, we'd be remiss without mentioning another tournament that's going on right now, which is the Hlinka Gretzky Cup. Uh, that's the under 18s. Um, and you've got Canada, Finland, the Czech Republic, Switzerland, Russia, Sweden, the U.S., and Slovakia uh, participating in that tournament right now. And um, well, things have—they're still in—they're uh, still in kind of um, early action. But Canada's shaping up to look pretty good so far. Canada's perfect so far in the preliminary round, um, beating. Uh, Czech Republic today, seven to one. Um, they will meet Sweden on Friday in the semifinals mm -hmm. and Canada is, um, uh, this could be, uh, vying for their third straight gold. Uh, they won gold the last, the last two years at this tournament. Um, this is this tournament, um, at least for the next four years, uh, uh alternates between, uh, Canada and the Czech Republic, actually the Czech Republic slash Slovakia, uh, the two um, are, are hosting games uh, there. And then when it comes back to um, uh, Canada next year, it'll be uh, Edmonton slash Red Deer. Um, but it's, it's an, it's another great uh, opportunity and, and um, Quinton Byfield uh, from the Sudbury Wolves, uh, 16 year old. He had two goals today. Uh, Byfield is, is uh, one of those guys that's that's expected to be uh, top five, um, along with Lafreniere, who we saw in the um, uh, showcase, the summer showcase. Mm -hmm. uh, Lucas Raymond, who I mentioned earlier, Alexander Holtz, all of those uh, those those players, uh, including Quinton Byfield, should be in the in the top five. Um, uh, at the the, Montre uh, the the 2020 draft in in Montreal, 
Um, so it's a, it's an important um, uh, tournament as well. Uh, Quentin Byfield uh, at 16 is 6'4", 215. Uh, had a great season with the Sudbury Wolves last year, 29 goals, 32 assists. So, um, again, there's, there's all kinds of, of hockey going on, and, and uh, each uh, offers you an opportunity to uh, get a head start on, on say, next year's draft or um, um, as the World uh, Junior Showcase did, um, the, uh, a head start on the World Junior Championships that will be coming up um, starting on Boxing Day. Which will be here before you know it. I think we're going to blink and we're going to be <laughs> we're going to be talking about final rosters for the World Juniors. Uh, but you can be sure that we will have all of the latest for you uh, as as those kinds of uh, tournaments and rosters take place. Um, again, we're going to talk a little bit more about the the rest of the field uh, at the summer showcase later in the show. So right now, what we're going to do is take one quick break, and on the other side, we're going to come back and we're going to. Uh, kind of go beyond the AHL and and just uh, talk about some things that are happening in some other leagues. Uh, just a little bit of news for you. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to ahl.report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined once again by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, And don't forget, uh, if you have a question, a comment, if you want to talk about hockey of any kind, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Twitter. You can find us at the AHL Report. We love to hear from our fans and followers and listeners any time of the week. Uh, If you've got a question, if if you heard something on the show you want to talk about more, if you, if you have heard a story that's in the hockey community that, that you would like to bring to our attention, be sure to reach out at the AHL report on Twitter and we'll be happy to hear from you and would love to talk to you. Um, We're going to go beyond the AHL now, Rick. Um, And, and the first thing we're going to do, you know, the Charlotte checkers just came off of a, a fantastic Calder cup run. Um, they put together a team that was just unstoppable all season long in the AHL and, uh, and they reaped the benefits and, and, and won the Calder cup. And we've heard stories about, uh, you know, some of the players who have, who have now moved on from the organization, whether they were free agents, trades, so on and so forth. But uh, there is a player who is probably pretty familiar to a lot of listeners to this program uh, who has, uh, hung up the skates per se, uh, and that would be 
one Zach Stortini. He's played for a lot of different teams. Uh, he's been around since he was drafted by the Oilers back in 2003. Uh, he played 256 NHL games um, with Edmonton, um, but he's made the rounds around the AHL, uh, Milwaukee, Hamilton, Norfolk, Lehigh Valley, Binghamton, San Jose, ending with Charlotte. Um, and he is now returning to where it started for him. Uh, he 20 years ago, about 20 years ago, Zach Stratini uh, was the longest serving captain in the Sudbury Wolves history OHL team. And uh, it has just been announced this week that Zach Stratini will be joining the, the organization as an assistant coach for the upcoming season, which I think is pretty fitting. And so Zach Stratini will get a chance to coach the aforementioned Quentin Byfield, um, mm-hmm. uh, the connection there. Yeah, Zach, um, as you said, um, um, four-year OHL careers, uh, all with the Sudbury Wolves, and three of those years um, um, was was captain. Um, he certainly piled up the penalty minutes um, in, <laughs> in his junior career, but he also had a bit of a, a scoring punch. Um, mm. uh, in junior and, and, uh, it led, uh, to him being, uh, selected, uh, in the third round. Um, he, he, when he went to the AHL and, and his stint, uh, in the NHL, he was never able to, uh, replicate those, uh, offensive numbers, but, um, you know, he was there to be an enforcer and, uh, and he certainly did that. He was an intimidating, intimidating kind of force on the ice, um, Six two two twenty, uh, and and uh, as you said, he's familiar to um, Lehigh Valley Phantoms um, fans, also to um, uh, Hamilton Bulldogs fans. Uh, as as he made it around the league, he was fierce on the ice. His demeanor, his his look, his everything was intimidating. And then you'd meet him off the ice, and and uh, he was very fun loving and and. Uh, 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 very, very accommodating. Um, um, when, whenever uh, you got to talk to him, uh, so he'll, he'll, um, uh, I think, uh, be, is, I think he's a good uh, asset to to start his his off ice career. Uh, now that he has, uh, you know, was part of that Calder Cup uh, team uh, in Charlotte, and and now he's going to impart his knowledge to the youngsters in in Sudbury. Well, and and the great thing too um, about Zach Stratini, we we've heard time and again from from more than one of his uh, former teammates from around the league that, and even fans and and arena staff and so forth that, yeah, you, like you just said, his demeanor on the ice, he would you knew he would drop the gloves at, at the at the tip of a finger. I mean, you knew it would happen. He was an enforcer. Uh, he, he played really hard nosed hockey. He wasn't afraid to be physical and his penalty minutes reflected that to be honest. Um, but that we'd heard time and time and time again, that off the ice, um, just one of the nicest guys, um, one of the biggest team guys really great in the room but also one of the biggest uh, players involved in the community Uh, giving back is really important to Zach Stratini he really um, he takes it to heart in interacting with with fans um, and just has a really big heart when it comes to all the people who really make up the hockey community Um, and I think 
I think that combination is going to be really uh, advantageous for him as a, as a coach. Um, and I, and I, I think he's going to do, I think he's going to do well. I really do. Um, in addition to Mr. Stortini finding, uh, getting some accolades as, as he gets honored with a, uh, an assistant coaching position, we, we also, um, we, we followed the AHL mascot madness quite often throughout, uh, the season when that was going on. We know there were some favorite uh, mascots out there that were pretty close in the running. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, the ECHL uh, handles all of their kind of year-end accolades in the offseason. And um, they just announced their mascot of the year. And it was a close race. I have to say it was a close race. I mean, I have – I do not think that I have seen Buddy the Puffin um, – now the mascot of the Newfoundland Growlers, previously the mascot for the St. John's Ice Caps, um, tweet as much as he has <laughs> in the last <laughs> two weeks, as he was constant. He and and the Growlers were just it was a full on campaign on social media um, because apparently Buddy the Puffin was in a very tight second place to win ECHL mascot of the year but he fell just short and he fell just short. None other to none other than the winner of the mascot of the year, the Reading Royals mascot, the ECHL affiliate of the Philadelphia Flyers. And then of course their AHL affiliate, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And that would be Slapshot. Slapshot is a, is a lion. Where's the Royal purple colors and Slapshot is the ECHL's mascot of the year. So congratulations to Slapshot and, uh, of course, the Philadelphia Flyers organization getting a win in their back pocket. You know, that the trio, there's tons of pictures. And if you go to Slapshot's um, Twitter page is at Royals underscore Slapshot. And you'll see plenty of pictures of him with uh, it's probably one of the better trios of mascots um around you've got gritty at the nhl level you've got melvin at the ahl level and slap shots right in there at the echl level they're a they're a great trio um and they're a lot of fun to watch together so hats off stick taps to mr Slapshot with the reading royals we want to also give stick taps rick to um some other players who appeared at the summer showcase because while the Joel Farabees and the Cam Yorks and the Cole Caulfields were really exciting to watch, man, did they have some competition for the highlight reel? Um, you mentioned a couple of the names already, you know, guys like uh, Kirby Doc, guys like, um, goodness, Alex Turcott, um, Nick Robertson, um, Holtz uh, for Sweden, uh, Vili Hanola uh, for Finland. There, I mean, we could run we could run an entire show just on who impressed us at the summer showcase. Who who were the biggest standouts for you uh, outside of the Habs and Flyers prospects? For me, I think it was uh, Boehm Byron, um, uh, the defenseman for Team Canada, a prospect for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, Bowen Byram and and taken uh, this this past uh, June at uh, at the draft, 
I thought he was excellent for uh, for for Canada. Um, other names: Alex Turcott, uh, the LA Kings um, uh, player. Uh, Alex Turcott will probably be Cole Caulfield's center uh, in uh, at Wisconsin uh, this fall. Kirby Doc, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks third overall pick at um, uh, June's draft. Uh, all three of those players were were excellent. Um, uh, they were they were very very good. Um, if you look at the, uh, uh, the players, if you look at the, the stats, uh, the players at the top of, of the scoring race, uh, there's Antoni Honka for Finland, Nolan Foote for Canada, uh, David Gustafsson for Sweden, I thought was very good. The Jets prospect, um, some of the others, uh, who just kind of stood out, uh, Trevor Zegras, uh, you mentioned Nick Robertson, the Leafs uh, a pick John Beecher, uh, the Boston Bruins pick, um, and Oliver Wallstrom, although he didn't play that much, but he, he, uh, was obviously very good. I will, uh, concur with you on John Beecher. I even mentioned this on Twitter during the coverage. Uh, he was one of the most surprising, uh, players for me. Uh, he, he, playing for team USA, he certainly was rewarded with his play. He was, he was promoted up the line, um, throughout the tournament, um, I hate to say it, Boston, but you get, and I think we even mentioned this on last week's show, uh, hate to say it, Boston, but they got a really good pick there at 30th overall. Uh, John Beecher was very impressive. Um, Arthur Kaliev, uh, also, uh, I thought had a, had a great tournament, um, has, has his stick down and in the right places at the right times, uh, and, and, and was key on a number of plays. So really, really liked, um, Arthur Kaliev, uh, I'm not sure if you, I, if you mentioned Matthew Boldy, um, I liked him as well. Uh, thought he thought he stood out pretty well. Um, on team, sorry, who did he play? Finland. Uh, Emil Erholtz uh, ended up with two goals and an assist in the five games that he played. Um, with just six shots on goal in the tournament. Uh, and he's one for Finland that I think uh, people want to watch out for, for team Sweden, Samuel Fagamo, um, four goals in this tournament on 11 shots. Uh, he, he was, he was all over the, the ice for Sweden um, has a, has a very good shot. Uh, isn't afraid to pull the trigger whenever the puck uh, comes in contact with his blade. And um it just just really good player. Uh, really really liked him a lot. So there's four four games, four goals, all even yeah. strength goals uh, for a team yeah. that that uh, had a hard time scoring goals. I I agree. He he had a very good tournament. He really did. Um, that was one name the announcers couldn't stop saying whenever team whenever Sweden was on the ice. Um, I think for uh, the winner of best hockey name in the tournament has to go to uh, Blade Jenkins. <laughs> I, I obviously Blade Jenkins was destined from birth to play hockey uh, with a name like that. Um, I, so <laughs> maybe his parents, uh, maybe his parents had a little forethought there. I don't know. Uh, Christian Krieger uh, also playing for Team USA, um, three assists on the week in in six games played. Um, so he he was another key component. Um, one player that um, 
you know, we're talking about the ones who stood out. I'm going to mention one who did not necessarily stand out uh, that a lot of people I'm sure were keeping their eye on because he was uh, a bit, I don't want to say controversial, but surprising as to how far he fell at the draft, not going in the first round as was expected. And that's Raphael Lavoie playing for team Canada in the three games he played for Canada. Um, Raphael Lavoie had no points. Uh, he had one shot on goal and that was about it. He had a pretty uh, unremarkable tournament. I would, I would say. Uh, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, the other, um, um, let's say group that had an unremarkable tournament maybe was uh, the goaltend the goaltenders um oh my goodness yes uh i i think that was as a group uh and and there was some there were some individual performances uh spencer knight looked looked pretty good um mm-hmm. uh in one game but um the teams were were um giving up uh in the neighborhood of four goals uh a game uh, and um, and the, the the when you look through the stats for the goaltenders, uh, it, it wasn't. It's not pretty. <laughs> it's not pretty in in their goals goals against average and save percentage. And and mm-hmm. and maybe for this kind of tournament, um, you'd expect that. And and you expect uh, uh, that will change um, when when the real uh, competition begins uh, on Boxing Day. Certainly hope so. Uh, you mentioned Spencer Knight. He was probably the U.S. team's uh, best goaltender, and he has been vocal in saying that he he wants to be the starting goaltender for the World Juniors uh, this December for Team USA. Um, Dustin Wolf um, and Drew DeRitter uh, just couldn't really, and Isaiah De- Seville. Well, Drew, De- Drew DeRitter ended up getting cut, but uh, Isaiah Seville, they didn't really come close to Spencer Knight. Uh, for Canada, you know, there was Olivier Rodrigue, uh, Hunter Jones, uh, Colton Ellis was in there as well, and Alexis Gravel. Um, they were all kind of... Hunter Jones I, was probably the best of the, the group. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, for Sweden, and, and Olivier Rodrigue, let's, let's, uh, let's yes. also say he was, uh, he was uh, uh, not bad either. Probably their top two right there. Um, mm-hmm. For the Swedes, uh, Jesper Eliasson, uh, not bad, had, had, some, had some moments, as did Eric Portillo. Um, for Finland, uh, Eustace Ananen, while his stats may not look great, um, he and Jasper Patrikainen both played five games, um, switched out on and off uh, for Finland. Um, both I'd say serviceable, but Ananen had some really bright moments, particularly early in the tournament when the U.S. was still playing split squad. Um, and I would say Finland's probably got got their eyes on on Justus Ananen as being as being the guy that they're going to go with. Um, he he had some very very strong moments in goal. Um, just wasn't, you know, as you said in in the first segment, this is a very offensive tournament. So. <laughs> not uh really not very conducive for the goaltenders but a fun tournament nonetheless there's so many there's so many players to keep an eye on um as they all now go to whether it's ncaa uh if they're heading to junior if they're heading to um their nhl teams 
uh, camps, um, lots to keep an eye on. And now some of those names are going to be very familiar to you throughout the league, uh, thanks to the coverage we've brought you here for the last two weeks. Um, So speaking of coverage for the last two weeks, I should also mention, um, if you missed any of this tournament, we've got you covered there too. Not only were we covering every every game live on social media, but there is a full game recap for all of the games of the tournament. Go to ahl.report, and you'll see a full game recap for every game. It includes what the lines were for each team in the game. It includes a game summary report. It includes stats for the game, uh, social media posts, uh, notable social media posts regarding the game's And in addition, uh, many times there is uh, a video highlight reel for that particular game. So it's a great way, if you didn't get a chance to watch uh, the tournament, particularly before TSN started covering it on Wednesday, the early tournament games that were only available via uh, uh, online streaming subscription, make sure you go check out those posts. Uh, It's a great way to see all of these prospects that we're talking about and and make judgments for yourself about what you like and what you don't like and who you like and who you didn't like. Um, So be sure to visit ahl.report to do that. And Rick, you know, it's, that's the kind of coverage that we're uh, always committed to doing here at the AHL report and rocket sports media. And we're going to continue to do that. We've been doing it all summer long. We're still here August 7th. We are going to, believe it or not, the Rocket Sports Media team does need to, you know, like take a minor like recharge, like recharge the batteries. (laughs) Um, So we're going to take a brief two-week hiatus for the podcast, but we're not going anywhere. You can still find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can find Rick at All Habs. You can find me at Flyers Roll. But we are going to take the next two weeks off. Don't fear, we will be back on Tuesday, August 27th. That is the Tuesday before Labor Day. Uh, We'll catch you up on the remaining happenings for the month of August and get you set for rookie camps, which will be starting just a week later. So before you know it, Rick, when when we all come back, it's time for hockey season to begin. That's right. And, and typically we, we pick the, the weeks that are the two weeks in August that are, are quiet uh, uh, in the, in the hockey community anyway. And uh, as you said, we'll still be, we'll still be around. We'll still be uh, engaging uh, with our listeners. Uh, we'll also, uh, while we're not uh, producing the podcast over the next two weeks, we're, we're doing some uh, training for our staff. We're doing some backend work on the, on the websites. We're configuring new equipment. We're doing uh, a bunch of things to, to make sure that um, uh, when, when the season begins, um, we'll have uh, an even better set of, of uh, uh, podcasts uh, come uh, the new season. And it also gives you a chance to uh, catch up on uh, any um, episodes that you might have missed um, in um, you know, any of the Rocket Sports Radio family, whether it's Canadians Connection from the Press Box, Hab and Hab's Unfiltered. Uh, they, they are all in the player for you, um, either on allhabs.net or ahl.report, uh, or on any of your favorite podcast, uh, apps. Um, 
be sure to to take us along and and uh, wherever you're going over the next couple of weeks to uh, catch up on any of those episodes that you may have missed. And keep your eye on AHL.report throughout the month of August. Uh, even if we are not uh, having a podcast for the next two weeks, there will be plenty of content hitting AHL.report, including some uh, some exclusive things that you might see pop up here and there. I will just hint at that. I won't go into any further detail, but you want to keep, a, keep an eye out. Uh, we're going to continue bringing you the information you won't find anywhere else uh, all summer long, all year long. We never really, we never really take the time off because we know ha- hockey happens 365 days a year, and we're here to bring it to you. Um, so, Rick, thank you so much for being here with me today. And uh, as always, it's been a, it's been a great summer filled with hockey. I hope you enjoy the next two weeks of August and uh, and are raring to go for getting hockey season cranked up and ready to go when we're back on the 27th. It's getting real close. The days are counting down and uh, hockey will be here before you know it. Um, and uh, we'll be here to provide you all of the, uh, the details, the inside information, everything you need to know uh, on from the press box. You've got it. So thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your week. Keep an eye out. We'll have some information about how the rest of the Hlinko Gretzky Cup goes this week. But in the meantime, until we're back on the 27th, enjoy your summer. We'll be happy to be talking with you online instead of the airwaves uh, until then. And we'll see you right back here in two weeks. Enjoy your week. Have a good one. And keep on. Remember your dreams is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.